Audio quality is a bit pants on this one. We had a guest call recorder, yada, 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 you know the drill by now. Apologies, it's a good podcast, it's just going to be a little bit muffly sounding. Sorry about that. Yada, 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 on with the show. No way out to city when I know that there's hot cash coming back. Hot, hot cash. Listeners, I, I, I want to start off today, actually, if it's okay with everyone present. I'd like to kick off with a message to the listeners because I don't feel I tell them this enough. So to everyone listening, I think you're freaky and I like you a lot. Aww. Oh, you think you think they freaky and you like them a lot? I think they freaky well, and I and, and the amount that I like them is a lot. Is it's considerable. What one might even say a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot actually. Um, and 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 it's good that I make that announcement and make everyone feel happy and warm, uh, because then they can warmly, happily welcome our special guest back by Super Bunny Hopular Demand. I was working oh. on that one all day. It's Super Bunny Hop, everybody. I think you're freaky, and I like you a hop. Oh. oh, oh! Look at that! It's like we've got some kind of rapport or something. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. This is a this is a strong. Oh, let me just let, let's take a break from the podcast right now to just assess how that went the past minute and a half. Uh, oh, I, I think that's a very narratively strong opening. I think had we yeah. scripted it, we couldn't have done a better job. Oh no, no, no! I think if, if anything. Uh, the improv nature of it is what made it work so well. Apart from obviously the bits I worked on beforehand, which was I bet if I say I think you freaky people will laugh, and uh, Super Bunny Hopular demand. Uh, also, I pre-planned, uh, you know, just just to show people how the sausage is made. Uh, I did pre-plan those. Uh, how, how long point, did it take? Um, my entire bath that I had before I recorded this. Um, also, See, I, I, yeah, I like the fact that that's your pre-planning and I've put together like a topic list with some news and some audience questions. And I made sure we had a guest because Gavin couldn't make it this week. <laughs> and your pre-planning is, oh, but it'll be funny if I say I think you're freaky and I like you a lot. While having a, a decadent bath, <laughs> listening to, be- to, to better podcasts than mine. Uh, oh, right. So that's that's the intro dump. And that's the assessment, Tom. Um, that, that is the bit where we now review the podcast while we're making it in order to save time on having to do both podcasts and yeah, reviews. Yeah, someone, some would call that self-indulgent, but I consider it not. So that answers that question. Exactly. It frees you up to do a podcast and a review at once so that the audience get even more content. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Exactly. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling energetic today because, you know, previous podcasts... Last, including spin-off doctors, last several podcasts, uh, I've been sick as a fucking. I was going to say sick as a dog and and or sick as a parrot, but those phrases really don't make any sense. So I've, I've been Parrots sick. Get sick. Apparently, that's a popular phrase. Sick as a parrot. I can't. I can't picture a parrot. That's I've never Ill. heard that before. Are you sure it's a popular phrase? I, no, yeah. it's definitely a phrase, but I never stopped to think about it. Like I can picture the pirates around the parrot getting like scurvy, scurvy and stuff. Yeah, but I don't picture the parrot getting scurvy. No, you're not right. going to have a parrot chewing on a lime to protect its gums. It doesn't even have gums, listeners. By parrots don't sneeze. No, do they not? Well, come to think of it, I don't know. 
Um, oh, fuck. What, you well, you should have just kept up the confidence. You, you've compromised the integrity of the podcast now you by... Bird yeah. sneeze. Yeah, find that out for us, because I, I... this, this is. Oh my god, you guys aren't going to believe this. Hmm? What? Birds can sneeze. Holy shit, well we... <laughs> I'm looking at a video of a bird sneezing right now, it's the cutest thing! This is Bird Facts with Super Bunny Hop. I think this is a new podcast all of its own. We're going to have to spin it off into its own thing. Look, yeah, we'll need okay. to um, for, for humble listeners at home, just Google Do Bird Sneeze and click on the first video, and there's a little a little bird sneezing in the trash can. <laughs> well, there we are. I'm, I guess... I'm, I'm about to watch you a sneezy bird. You can be as sick as a parrot, then. Oh, oh that's adorable. Oh, oh see, does, I was, does I sick as a parrot die. mean that you're both sick and adorable, then? I was going to save it, but now I've got to... Look at it. Yeah, you can't be left out, Jim. This no. is this is not the way we do things. You know, everyone on board the Sneezy Bird train. Meanwhile, oh, shit, there's, there's a very scientific veterinary article about what to do when your bird is sneezing. Probably take it to the bird hospital, I guess. The causes of a sneezing bird include smoking by the owner. So kids, don't smoke around your birds. Uh, birds can be allergic to aerosol particles. Huh. <gasps> Uh, let's see. I feel like I have woefully underestimated the number of ways I could I could make a bird mildly ill. Yeah. Intranasal tumors, mycoplasma just... infections. <laughs> if you've just joined us, you're listening to 101 <laughs> Ways to Kill a Bird and other fun facts. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's one of those weeks I don't think we're going to talk much about video games. We've got a big old video game topic list to do, but, you know, I think it's probably going to end up being like, you know... Birds and well, one of us ate too much pizza yeah, and simultaneously not enough pizza. You know, I don't I mean, know you why know. you guys want to talk about this pizza so Here's bad. The, right, Final Fantasy 15 came out, but fuck that for right now, okay? Yeah. Because I need to talk about. First of all, the spectacular thing about this is you have you've eaten enough food to where I am thinking steady on. <laughs> that right there is breaking news. That's important. Exactly, it deserves Time all of the comedy bit to do this. news. Do, do, do. So now, this just in: we we have a hot, hot and fresh news report. Uh, uh, Super Bunny Hop, aka George Weedman, your good old pal, friendo, and dad has eaten a pizza and a half of extra large Domino's because yesterday they were having a sale. Where and they're still doing it. They're doing it all week. So I mean, if 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 you guys who live in America want in the land of the freedom want want some pizza, you can you can just hop onto Domino's dot com and and head out head on your way down to enjoying this deal. But you can you can get like two extra large pizzas for for twenty dollars. And and if you're like me, you'll eat a pizza and a half within like a twenty hour span and feel bloated <laughs> yet unsatisfied. So. Over here, we have that one day every week at Domino's. That's their two for Tuesdays offer, where oh. you can get your two pizzas for the price of oh, one on well. a Tuesday. They yeah, a two trick for Tuesdays. Not calling it Tuesdays. Well, they ha- they have a phrase, and it's two for Tuesdays. Well, they giving them away, and they kind of scream at you because they're giving you a second pizza. <laughs> wow, I I remember yeah. how obnoxious UK adverts could be just from the, you saying that. I can hear it in my head, having <laughs> never seen that commercial. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was just I was fascinated, like because because you know I mean it's really interesting. I'll I'll inhale a pizza, no problem. But extra large, I mean that's big. That's it's, bigger it's also than a, than really a vinyl LP. It is. I yes, think it, it is. is. 
I mean, it's more spent, interesting than bloody video games. Fuck video games. Working on that bad boy. May I ask what um, flavor it was? I got one Supreme and one uh, Chicken Buffalo. Holy shit! Supreme. Yeah, it's, so it's got, like uh, everything. Some some veggies and some mushrooms and little clumps of sausage. That's incredible. I th- I honestly think you're heroic. Oh thanks. I'm, I'm, I, I worked really hard. I I saved lives. I think that what you did was a very courageous act. Uh, however, I think that you have failed to order the greatest pizza combination that exists, and I'm now going to teach you the pizza you should be ordering. This is the only the only Domino's pizza that I will accept now. You go for your, your largest possible size of, of Domino's pizza. No cheese. Double barbecue sauce base. Okay. Sweet corn. Sausage. Pork meatballs, chicken, and pepperoni. I feel greasy. That's how you're meant to feel. It is beautiful. Greasy and ashamed. It is beautiful and disgusting and the kind of thing that you hoard up. I'll take one up into my office and be like, I'm doing some work. I'm also going to feel like trash. Yeah. I feel like I'd need to like wring that out on like a clothes hamper before eating it. Like squeeze out the juices first, because mm. good lord! <laughs> it's like, like, not... like when you open like 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 a tin of of vegetables and it's got all the brine and liquid and shit. Like you just, no, I feel like no, I got to dump some stuff out. And you forget to dump first. it out and just get a big spoonful of like of of pea juice. Oh yeah, like like yeah, like milky no, pea juice. Don't make my my awesome pizza creation sound gross. It's delicious. I, I, don't I, I don't know. I think milky pea juice pizza is what hey, you're Hey, hey, this this is the show where we 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 ate a teenage mutant ninja turtles pizza and talked about getting Raphael's meat all up in our mouths. Um, I don't think that like, I don't think that we can get grosser pizza on this show than we've had. But yeah, I mean, you just mentioned it. You set the standard. <laughs> oh no, I set the standard. Uh, apparently, I have bad taste in pizza. At least Get I'm not good a, at pizza. <laughs> at, at least I'm not a heathen that puts pineapple on it. Hashtag no pineapple on pizza, whoa, you heathens. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I won't hear a bad word said against the classic client. Hey, hey, it is a fruit. Fruit that has pulp in it has no place on a pizza, particularly oh, one that tomato? particularly one with meat. Tomatoes are the vegetable of fruits. You can't compare a tomato and a pineapple and say they are equally as much a piece of fruit. They, One of them is very definitively more fruit than the other. They both deserve to be on that pizza, you fruit racist. Oh. Meat lover pizzas are the David Cage of culinary experience. Oh, don't you dare. There's such a, like easy attempt at eliciting emotion out of the user. Oh, fine. Let's just dump a whole bunch of, of super easy garbage, greasy meat on the pizza hey, instead hey, of actually having hey, to pay attention to the subtleties hey, and know what you're doing. Hey, you know what the subtlety is on my pizza? It's the sweet corn. The sweet corn is the, hey, it's this is just... the juice that you squeeze out of it from all the grease in one place. Uh, thank you for enjoying my meat lover's pizza. I worked real hard on it, and I think if you check the Metacritic scores, then you can't say this is disgusting because some many people listen to video game critic laura dale Uh, she said it was really really good and i'm inclined to believe her you can uh watch my pizza at the the cans film festival uh next (laughs) april (laughs) he would try and submit a pizza to a film festival (laughs) 
He knows no limits. I have a David Cage story this week, and it's a slight tangent from pizza. I'm pretty sure I saw David Cage in a Power Rangers porno today. Oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, today... Wait, you, watching, you watched a Power Rangers parody porno, my... I, I yeah. saw you tweet about I, that. I, 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 on on <laughs> Twitter person oh, recommendation, I watched something called Mighty Muffin Pounder Rangers. Damn it. I was going to like try to make a game out of guessing what it was called. Oh, I was going to oh, be like, no. come on, porno no, rangers. I have, I have a quiz for you if you would like one. Would you like a quiz about this porno? Because, okay. okay, we'll get to the quiz in a moment. But basically, it's... Seven minutes of super condensed Power Rangers references and puns, and right. then a very awkward sex scene that like doesn't in any way acknowledge the Power Rangers, other than the fact that they're still wearing their Power Ranger boots. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've, I've reviewed porn parodies a couple of times now. I did Oversnatch, and I mm. did Call of uh, whatever Snatch of no, it wasn't called Snatch of Duty. I think it was just Call of Booty or whatever. Um, so I've, I've done video game porn parodies, and they all go that way. Like a lot of lead up with vague joke references to the source material and then just sex yeah um but i I do have can i ask you some questions about the oh go go ahead go ahead okay was zordon referred to as hard on this is my big complaint in the review they never call him (laughs) hard on he is the only person who doesn't get a porn name so would you like to hear so should we do a quiz about the what, the characters that yeah. do have porn names? I'll give you their name. You try and guess what their porn name is. So, I, I mean, yeah. Um, the the golden blue faced villain with the wings, Goldar. What is Goldar. Goldar's name? Uh, Goldhard. Uh, Goldar. 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 Bonar. Goldong. Goldong. Uh, I was I was yeah. in the right ballpark to use a, a heavily. Uh, pertinent phrase uh, but goldong okay okay i just i just feel like you're putting me on the spot and then i like have some kind of uh performance anxiety if you will I, I i feel that i might not be able to uh fully fully extend and uh maintain my um my my presence my, I my, my my confidence i'm sure we can we can quiz, ease you into this I'm sure if you'd like, we can ease you into it. We can just sort of gently work you into it. I'm sure by the time we've, you know, just messed around a little bit, I'm sure you'll be ready. It it is important that I I feel comfortable when when having to do these... these... We're here to get you to open up. Consent Uh, in in quizzes about porn is very important. Also erections and spunking. Yes. Sorry. Carry on. Uh, so here we go. These are the names of the the main Power Rangers. Uh, the Red Power Ranger, Jason. What is Jason's new name? Uh. Hmm. Jay suck. Yeah. Yeah. I really. I'm not. My rhyming dictionary okay. is not. not okay. I'm not gonna. I, maybe I'll go to an easier one after this. Jason is now Jizen. Oh, that's torturous. That, that, that it's really not, doesn't do it's it. It's not the most torturous. So we'll go Use for an another easy... pertinent phrase. That's a stretch. That's, let's not, go for... that's not getting me off. <laughs> Let, let's I can't, go for I an... can't jerk off to that. Let's, let's go for a nice, easy yeah. one. This is the mm-hmm. easiest one. You've only got to change one letter. Zack. The Black Power Ranger, Zack. Jack. Scat. Sack. Sack. Oh, Zack is now Sack. Uh, Sack, okay. Uh, 
Okay, another one in the same sort of difficulty range. Who wants to be called (laughs) Sack? Okay, okay, this is uh, the Blue Power Ranger, Billy. Billy, I remember that. I actually remembered his name from the 90s. Uh, You know, change your letter. What have you got? Spilly? Willy. Willie. Will, oh, oh, I'm really bad at this. Okay. So See, I'm having performance anxiety. It's okay. We'll we'll end the quiz in a minute if you if you're struggling. Uh, the last two main pa- to everyone. Sure. We, we uh, Kimberly. Uh, Quimberly. You're Kimberly? in the. It's Rimberly. Oh come on, Quimberly at least has a bit of class. <laughs> and Rimberly. Oh. Okay, the final one, the Yellow Power Ranger, Trini. Has the most torturous pun of them oh, all. Oh, I think I know this. No, one. it's it's not where you think it's going. I guarantee you don't know Any? where this is going. Tr- it's not anything rude or any kind of oh. like. Oh, it's it's creamy. <laughs> I feel like they only did that <laughs> just because the viewer is gonna gonna suspect. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> they throw you off right there, don't they? So, um, <laughs> right. Here's... I'm creepy, the Power Ranger. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> here is here is my quick summary of like the plot. Um, uh, Rita Repulsor, who is now Rita Repressor, who has a dildo what? on the end of her staff, uh, uh, is uh, is giving Goldong a blowjob that lasts for ten thousand years. Um, <laughs> Uh, which is why she was trapped in oh her no. dildo castle on the moon. Uh, we then get the Power Rangers theme tune, which is now Blow Blow Pounder Rangers. That um, That's okay. the first one I've heard that works. Yeah. I don't mind. Um, we, we go to the Power Rangers headquarters. Their robot is now a dildo. And uh, they didn't call... Um, Gordon isn't hard on, but it does look like it's acted by David Cage. And I keep re-watching it. I'm convinced it's David Cage playing Gordon. <laughs> Um, so, from there, basically, I, I'm oh... Really, that, that, like, that's the first thing you change. I'm looking this up, because I've got, I, I got to look at Zordon's <laughs> face. But that's the first thing you change, is Zordon to Hardon, like... Yeah, he's, he's in the trailer, if you want to go have a look at it. He's in the YouTube safe trailer. Um, they, they then have to put their Megazords together to fight Goldar, which basically involves a bunch of dildos and butt plugs being pulled on string through some sand. Uh... <laughs> They were called Dildor, Dongasaur, Vibrator, bl- Plugasaur, <laughs> um, Masturbatosaurus Rex, and the Megazord is now the Megahore. Um, and the last thing, I don't want to ruin too much of this beauty. Go watch it yourself if you want. But Oh my, my god, it's David fucking Cage! I told you it's David Cage! Um, that's incredible. Also, that's a terrible Rita Repulsor impression. I do a better one in jazz punk. It is a terrible Rita Repulsor impression. They should have got uh, me to do it. I'd have I, got I, gold I, on. Oh. I'm going to give you one beautiful line of Rita Repulsor dialogue. Oh my god. Here's a spell to ensnare my man. I rub my titties with my hand. At which point she rubs herself and magic happens. Okay, ah! i got another question. Right. Surely... Surely, at some point, Rita points at someone's penis and says, Make my monster grow! Yes, thankfully they use Make My Monster Grow. They covered that. Also, at some point, Goldar said, Goldong, sorry, says, uh, Rita may have made me grow, but you, Megahore, you made me grow. 
what? And then he points oh. at his cock. Oh. Oh, so they... Rather than do the direct thing that I oh, did, they, they did the they, direct. They, strung it out. they did the direct thing and then did the indirect thing. That's, so. that's, yeah, they they tried to double right because I'd have just I'd, I'd have just had a point at a dick and say make that monster grow, please, so that I can get sex. Yeah, it. exactly. Um, you don't um, need to do a straight lace to make my monster grow to then lead on to a pun. Uh, yeah, I feel wood rocket. Wood rocket. They're the, the they're the ones that sort of do this. They yes. They, Razzers do do some pretty high-profile porn parodies, but this is Wood Rocket's bread and butter. I'd expect this kind of of poor effort from Brazzers. It's not their main flavour. This is all Wood Rocket does, as far as I know. You know, they've parodied SpongeBob and Pokemon in, in quite horrific ways, actually. I expect your game's got to be better than this, Wood Rocket. Yeah. So, so they specialize in parodies of media for children. Turned into uh, sex works, yeah. Mm. I think they're trying okay. to like bank on nostalgia for like people my age. Uh, except, as you point out, it is children's programming they're, they're it, feeling it full is. of dildos. Right, right. So, I'm, I'm going to be really disappointed if you guys don't use the, the picture of... Of David, David Cage, Cage <laughs> with like this weird uh, it's, it's uh, After Effects default yeah. blur effect on it's his amazing. face. Like, it like, is David Cage, ripple. though, isn't it? It's David Cage. It's absolutely, David. David Cage. Okay, hang on, I'm burning up a new, a new window. David Cage. Oh, I, I accidentally misspelled it as David Cafe, but here we go. Oh my God! Yeah, it's David Cage. I told you. <laughs> so go look up the trailer for Mighty Muffin Pounder Rangers. Just look for the guy that looks a bit like David Cage. Pull up a David Cage picture. I'm pretty sure they're the same person. Yeah, I've also <laughs> um, made sure to save a screen cap for this episode's thumbnail because there's no <laughs> way I'm not using that, and there's no way this episode isn't going to be called David Cage in a Power Rangers porno. I okay. feel like I could Photoshop a. Literally any picture of David Cage and just like stretch stretch it out a bit and apply this weird default ripple effect they have going on in the in the actual porno parody and it would look exactly the same. Exactly indistinguishable. Yeah. So very quickly, like the other the rest of the stuff to say it about it is they make a lot of knowing nods to how terrible the show was with notoriously bad lip syncing and overdubbing of Rita Repulsa. Um, jokes about how it's never picked up on that they colour coordinate their outfits with which Power Ranger they are. Um, references to a bunch of terrible stuff like that. There's also within 75 seconds, there is a commentary on how it is an asshole thing to do to ban trans people from using the correct bathroom, which is weirdly progressive. Of uh, a Power Rangers porn? Um, you, how how I, is that involved in the plot? I specifically watch porn for the political statements. That's where I get my news. If I'm into them, um, all the more so. Like, get, like, get your news with your nudes. Yeah, I can't like, tell you how fucking hard I am now. Yeah, it's fucking, fucking <laughs> weird. Um, what the fuck or, am I watching? Okay, before we end this, why, I'm, I'm why just... Why are they dragging a bunch of dildos through the sand? <laughs> that's, the, that's the sort of... <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you the final line that I hope sells you on this piece of beauty. Um, they they break a magical spell at the end of the, 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 the sex by using, and I quote, teamwork, friendship, determination, and my pussy too. <sighs> 
How many sex scenes does Rita Repulsa get? She doesn't get any. She wobbles. No! She wobbles her dildo staff around, and she doesn't get to take part in any we of the sex. Ever get to see her blowing hard on for ten million years? No, unfortunately not. God damn it! Because um, I was oh like, my God. I would, I would love to see Rita Repulsa like really branch out and and do more things yeah. other than be Rita Repulsa, okay. including porn. Like like the, the voice, it's great. Oh my god, you know why I know that this was written by people that actually know shit about Power Rangers? Uh, the very a, first the very first joke compliment. made the very first joke made is about the villain of the Power Rangers original movie, the villain Ivan Ooze. They make an Ivan Ooze reference. The the okay. first joke made is about sp- uh, Goldar spraying his his Ivan ooze out of his mo- <laughs> out of his monster space dick. The worst part is, is I'm, in my mind, all I'm thinking about is literal vi- Ivan ooze coming out of Goldar's dick. Just just this purple dude in a suit just flopping out, and Goldar's like like I mean he's screaming. It's horrifying and painful. Remember that scene in the Power Rangers movie where, where the kid's dad comes home and finds the Ivan Ooze lying on the table and decides to, like, whip his hand through it and sniff it and then lick it? And <laughs> is, that what, is that what parents do to strange, mysterious Ooze they find that their kid's uh, leaving behind? <laughs> it, it, it is when you live in a world where that Ooze came from Goldar's dick. So, oh. anyway, should we talk about some fucking video games? I don't know. I feel. <laughs> I have. I have a story. This is mildly related. Speaking of of video game developers showing up in the darndest of of mildly sexual related I, places, I am up for this segue. Yep, go on. I wanna. I wanna say that I don't know if this was actually the guy or not. But when I was in Japan, I met up with a fan from Twitter, and we went to a maid cafe. And I'm like 80% sure we sat across the row from Tomonobu Itagaki. Really? There was someone who was across from us who looked exactly like, like my friends were like, no, that's, look, it's, it's probably Itagaki. And I'm like, no. And I, I pulled out my cell phone and Google image searched for Itagaki. And the, the guy was a spitting image of him. Absolutely. And I mean, sure enough, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, kind yeah. of place he'd be. I, yeah, I was just that, about to or say, or an alleyway with a knife saying, "Where's my fucking money?" to somebody. I I can imagine him being like, "Devil's Third didn't sell well enough for me. I guess I'm gonna go to a maid cafe to drown my sorrows." Like that seems like a thing that he would do. I mean, I also later, imagine he'd go there if Devil's Third had sold really well to celebrate. Yeah. A week later, a, a friend of mine who's Facebook friends with him noticed that he was making posts about going to maid cafes in Tokyo last week, and I was like. Oh my god! Well, there you go. I, I, I might have sat across. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have like tapped him on the shoulder and been like, "I acknowledge you." <laughs> I don't know. I was like thinking, like, like wow. I, I can't exactly like be. I, I, I'd say I liked DOA two and four. Those were the good ones, I guess. But I don't know. It's not exactly the kind of situation where I'm a huge fan. No, it, it's well, not it's like you had the kind of place where. You know, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a fun fan meetup would be kind of a primary hmm. venue. Yeah, so that's that <laughs> is that is a good story. Thank you. Um, so yeah, right, come up. Do people Let, like Final Fantasy let's, Fifteen? Let's do the news. Uh, we all have we played Final Fantasy Fifteen? Have you touched that, George? I think it just finished downloading after I started the download a day and a half ago. Ah, so you yeah. played the. 
you you played the the intro sequence, which is what like trying to get the fucking thing to download. I I uh, guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've been in another room playing actual video games that aren't loading screens in the meantime. I've got a photo <laughs> on my phone of when I put the disc in, um, where it just said downloading finished in ninety nine plus hours, and and, it, and it's just the most video games picture I have. Yeah. It is terrible, but uh, it's pretty, yeah, yeah, but I like, got it. I, I, I don't I know how, a bit how far in are you, Jim? Uh, not very far because I'm juggling uh, a game about a feathery dog and a game about Christmas as well. Yeah, and because those publishers actually uh, didn't fuck with me, uh, I'm giving them priority because they actually gave me lead time. So oh, Final cool. Fantasy 15, I'm going to finish and review that. At some point. I, like, I, I, I cannot say when I'll be done with it. I only have my review up now because I managed to get a hold of a copy that broke Street Date and get my uh, my head start going. So uh, well, I heard that, that I heard Square Enix messed around with a ton of people. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. already I'm already personaed on gratis as far as uh, Square Enix Japan goes anyway. I knew that. But I... I a couple of people have mentioned that, that Square Enix was really stingy with review copies this time. But anyway, I got it on launch day, and for those asking me about my own review, because people have been interested, I literally cannot tell you when I'll have it done. Probably some point mid-December, if we're lucky, uh, because right now I'm focused on some other games, and you know I'll actually have those up uh, in a timely fashion, and that's... That's where I'm looking at, but I can say I played, um, you know, I played a, a a bit of Final Fantasy 15 last night uh, to get some video footage and uh, and because I wanted to, you know, play it a bit out of curiosity and as a fan of the series, the the older games more specifically, uh, and I think I like it. I think I like it. I am a big fan of it in that I really enjoy the stupid boy band in a car be friends on a road trip stuff the road trip thing uh, yeah like what i like about it is it's it's got a it's just it's similar things to what i said about watchdogs 2 where it's kind of embracing a silliness and mm. uh, a light-heartedness where previous entries have been a bit too you know morose and yeah. yeah miserable and we have like like noctis as a protagonist is a bit bit mere but he's he's not lightning bad uh, in terms of just having this, the personality of a fucking Rickapolistyrin. He's a nice part of an ensemble cast rather than an interesting protagonist on his own, but I'm okay with him being a yeah, part of yeah. an interesting group. So, like, my my general feeling, like, going completely unspoilery on this game, is that I found myself playing it and feeling very similar to when in my like late teens starting college I was in a rock band and this was a band that I was in with people that I went to college with so we would do sort of the pretty lengthy drive into college together like ourselves you know trying to scrape money together to make sure we could get enough petrol to get in we had band practice it felt like that kind of dynamic of just the group of friends that do do the thing together and have a reason to be together, but you end up doing these like, oh, we're going to go on this big drive and go on these adventures. And it was a lot of fun seeing that kind of dynamic in a team in a JRPG. And I like the whole thing that it's like, oh, hey, here's these people from the royal area of a big world having to go and interact with all the people that probably, you know, should be serving them. 
and getting a, a feel for what the world yeah. around them's like. It's just a nice journey. And then Final Fantasy stuff happens. And it's cool. It's cool, <laughs> big, grand scale Final Fantasy stuff. But it's always at its coolest when it's like, let's just like go kill something and then, you know, sit down and have drinks by the bonfire afterwards because it was a long day. That's it. It feels at, at, at this point in playing, it, it's just a it's, a it's a chipper game. And one thing that struck me about it is everything in, in previous games and in a lot of um, games like this. You'd see a lot of background decoration and just assume it's background decoration. But here, in what I feel is a kind of a break for the series, like I looked at these weird pinball machines in a cafe and was like, I wonder if I can play that. And you could. And I wouldn't have expected that in, in a Final Fantasy game. Like They've always had like their mm. one big mini game per um, entry in the series. But to just have just this rando pinball machine with a full-fledged game in there, like it's incomprehensible, but it's it's fun, uh, which which is the same thing I can yeah. say about the actual combat of the game: incomprehensible but weirdly fun. Uh, I, I still I, haven't gotten to grips. With I it. I bloody love the combat system. It didn't take too long to click for me, and I'm enjoying the sort of like real time. Bash. It it feels like. You don't have the bar at the bottom of the screen, but it feels very similar to something like Xenoblade to me, but more action-oriented, and I, I'm totally all for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not disliking it. I just need to properly... I'm getting high grades at the end of every fight, so I must be doing something right, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right. <laughs> uh, I think once I nail that, then then I'll get on with it better. But yeah, so far... My early impressions of it have been positive. I mean, certainly dozens of times more positive than, than Final Fantasy Thirteen, which bored me to tears for the most part. Uh, and I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting these other games done. Not, not because I'm not um, enjoying those or disenjoying them. I can't really give away how I'm feeling about them. Um, but it's the first time in a long time that I've been eager to play a Final Fantasy, a new one. Mm. Um, I don't think since, well, no, not since 10 have I really been all about the idea of getting into some Final Fantasy for like a day or two, you know, in a big chunk, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I've got to say the intro, which I won't, um, I won't spoil for George, but the intro is it's remarkable. It is- like, it's so hmm. mundane, which is unusual for Final Fantasy. Like it, it, they stripped away all of the grandeur, all of the big stuff happening, and it's just normal to the point where mm. even the music used is is incredibly. It's it's a great choice of music yeah. for an experience yes. I know I've gone through in life, and it's, yeah, huh. it's yeah. it's a nice grounded start to that adventure. Grounded, that's a good word for it. This yeah. so far has been a very grounded game. So do they have, like, a licensed classic rock soundtrack in this one? There is a licensed track right at the beginning ah, of this game that's used it, very well. It, no, it's, it's, it's a cover, and it's used very well. It, it Honestly, like, I thought at first I was... The moment I heard it starting up, I was like, they cannot be fucking serious. But, they, but they, then just that, that, mm. that pan, the camera pan upwards and everything, like, it just, it works. It works really so, well. Just, you know, just I think, give it a chance to not be terrible at it. 
I think we've like reached a really weird spot in pop culture seriousness to where we can look at these these projects like Watch Dogs 2 and FF15 who have such an established tone over the course of, of the cliches that have become dominant over the past 15 years to the point where just like acknowledging them is now kind of reversing how seriously you can take it to the point where you're like, oh, that's cute because mm-hmm. they're going so deep in it. Yeah, yeah and, video games and especially I, have become so, so miserable in tone. And that can be fine. You know, I love Bloodborne and that's fucking, you know borderline depressing uh and and i adore it but seeing these games coming out and and not going so far as to be saints row which is fine because saints row is its own thing and and should no one should try and top it watch dogs 2 is so close to saints row it was weirding me the hell out (laughs) (laughs) it's it's fairly close i mean it's got a lot of utterly ridiculous i would say it's 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 hovering around Saints Row 2 at the very yeah. least. Yeah, it's like you're not quite jumping off of the uh, the Aerosmith uh, nuclear bomb and landing in the White House, but you're not a million miles away. Yeah, it's, I wonder. It's, I liked it a lot for that. I, I wonder though if a lot of this enjoyment over over this new flavor of camp has more to do with it being a response to to established tones, or if it is stuff that is just timelessly good, which I guess we'll find out in ten years. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I worry a bit that it's really like like more more kitschy than it than timeless. Be. I mean honestly I think I think Watchdogs too, we, we, we spoke about this in previous mm. um podcasts. Just because of the references in it, I think that one's going to yeah. die quick. It's it's but... trying very hard to be right now, yeah. right this second relevant. But, but honestly, I think mm. there's a lot of room for um, for that, that, that campiness. So I think that's always been in style. I think a lot of companies just forgot it uh, because Grimdark became very popular again. Um, you know, after its little 90s fad, it sort of came back in recent years. And I think people are, thanks to things like League of Legends and Overwatch and a lot of these hero-based games that have colourful, vibrant, um, larger-than-life characters... I feel like a lot of games now are thinking, oh, oh, we forgot. People actually like to have a laugh. They they don't like to feel miserable all the time. Let's give them some fun things as well. Uh, that seems to be what I'm picking up from the industry is this response to the popularity of a lot of more lighthearted stuff. Mm. Um, which also is, is, we see this in movies as well, Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool and, and that. Like like movie makers as well, Like they, they're starting to remember what it's like to have a sense of humor and a giggle at things and not not take themselves so seriously all the fucking time mm. um you know seriousness is fine it's it's good often necessary to tell you know many different types of stories but to lose sight of the i mean I, i've i've made this point uh, many years ago a years old inquisition uh where i pointed out that if you've got a game where there's not where it starts miserable and ends miserable, and it's nothing but misery in between. The truly tragic bits get lost in that. Like, you've got to have some levity, you've got to have some laughter before you can really feel how bad it stings when something sad happens. Yeah. Uh, and, and Final it's Fantasy... super important. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy mm. as a series has been famous throughout the years for several, like, like really tragic, uh, sorrowful moments. And those typically have come in games where there's also a lot of silly humor, a lot of campness. Um, Final Fantasy VII, of course, has the famous example of, of that particular character's death. Uh, but also leading up to that, 
that character in particular is incredibly lighthearted and gets involved in, in a lot of farcical situations. And that makes the sad part of it all the sadder. Uh, and that's something that I think was forgotten, especially with Final Fantasy Thirteen, because that game was just hope. It was nothing but hopelessness. Yeah, uh, you're, you're already in prison when that game starts. It was desolation, and yeah. and nothing really mattered beyond that, because it's like, mm. it's not like we can get back to our happy status quo, because we weren't happy to begin with. There's yes. nothing to fight back for. There's nothing to reclaim. It's, it's just being a, a fucking... Piss. Yeah, and Metal it, Gear it's... took that turn real hard too. Oh god, yeah, it did. Oh, and, I love how uh, how the game called the Phantom Pain had its major conspiratorial fan theory being that it was a deliberate attempt <laughs> at making players feel the Phantom uh, Pain, which which seems to me like a uh, self fulfilling prophecy of. Of of calling your game, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot now, and <laughs> yeah. trying to convey so, the experience of players shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. So, like, what what I will say about 15 in terms of what Jim was saying about the uh, sort of needing to not be morose at the start for you to have something to get back to. Final Fantasy 15 takes it very slowly in that regard. In that, like, almost half of the game is do an adventure where you are getting a sense of the world and why you should care about the shit that's going that, down. That is exactly what they need. That's, mm. That was one of my biggest complaints with 13, is I felt like I was begrudgingly invited to listen into a conversation that other people were halfway through already having. Like, I couldn't give a shit about anything. And this, already, just this early on, I have a sense of who all the characters are, I have a sense of the world they're in, and I don't want shit to happen to them. Like, I don't want bad things to happen. They, they if do... something bad happens, mm. which obviously it will, it's Final Fantasy, that's gonna affect me now. They do a... I, I'm... Yeah. Sorry. That's alright. They do a very, very, very good job of letting that go just as far as is, as is okay, and then being like, okay, you're finally relaxed and feeling at ease with this world? Okay, tablecloth out from under you. Right, you see that that that's what I want, and that's something I talk about in my reviews a lot. I mention um, probably to the point where some people have picked up on it and gotten sick of the use of the words, but build and pacing—they are two words I use a lot in my reviews when I talk about narrative, and it's something that um, thirteen especially seemed to lose sight of. It was it was all the same tone constantly, uh, and this like I feel like it's building towards something that's going to have a, a good payoff. Uh, Fingers crossed. I like the payoff, but that remains to be seen. So I'll, I'll I guess I'll keep people updated on my views on it because it's right now it's a, a an ever changing thing as I play it. But I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Which I, I was nervous to see where it went before I started playing, and now I'm excited to see where it goes. So I take that as a very good sign. So, uh, Mr. Weed Hopman, uh, what what you been playing? I've been jumping back and forth between Battlefield 1 and Siege. I was, I was like, wanting to ask in the middle of that whole big thing, does Battlefield 1 count as camp? Because it's, it's ridiculous. It's silly. It doesn't look <laughs> yes. like the established tone of what all World War I-based media is expected to look like and feel like and sound like. I had not thought of it that way, but I can see where you're coming from, yep. It, yeah, and it I does this in order to fit the established tropes of how how the modern 
World War, not modern World War, how a modern multiplayer war shooter should work. Everyone's sprinting around the map, shooting each other with automatics, and and that's like a video game, right? See any other World War One media, it's it's supposedly a much more much more grayer, less lively affair, you know, for good reason, right? But but I have to wonder if uh, there's a kind of a tonal uh... whiplash going on. I wouldn't go as far as to use the word camp, but there's definitely um, some over-the-top stuff in it. Uh, the, the the pilot's storyline in the campaign especially mm. is is very light-hearted, um, yeah. which also, a bit, but again, it has those dark moments that contrast really well. Um, I haven't played I, I, the I, campaign. Oh, okay. The, um, the first uh, few hour, first few minutes, that little intro level it tries to make you do before you can play multiplayer, like really has a much different tone than the multiplayer itself. That's true, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the campaign is is it, it has its sort of tonal ups and downs, and and I liked it a lot actually, and I hate battlefield campaigns. Like I, they're the worst. They, I I hate them, but this one I really liked so. So I plan on like doing a video about the campaign, but not necessarily about the multiplayer, but I just really don't know if I'm feeling the multiplayer this time. No. It seems like the, the balance of power is is heavily skewed towards snipers and shotguns, like really high-density, fast-time-to-kill uh, sort of weapons that m- make a lot of downtime happening. The, the past few nights of matches I've played, I've just like always had the bad luck of being on the losing team. And for some reason, it seems like being on the losing team is more frustrated in this one compared to the others, where I felt like in the others, there was more of a uh, of, of a tool set for the player to, to wedge their way out of the losing team and have their own fun on their own terms somewhere else on the map. Here, I just like get killed so often wherever I try to go that... Yeah, because this is... You're describing the problem I've had with literally every Battlefield game I've played, Except to this one. That is that is odd. Yeah, like like my experience for this one is the complete opposite. Like I and I was using a like a standard um, single rifle uh, rather than a shotgun or a sniper because um, I my speed settings are not shotguns or snipers. Um, when you when you so say yeah, single rifle, do you mean like single fire rifle? Because it's it's like the automatics that I've been sticking to, and they're I think they, it was the yeah. I, I, um, but yeah, I got got on fairly well with it. Um, so I feel like that's I'm crazy. Maybe, or maybe it's just that that they because I know some other former Battlefield fans had complaints about this one um, to the point where a few of them were angry at me for not like uh, for for liking this one, uh, and angry at Gav as well for liking it too. And maybe they just made this one in a way that doesn't appeal to older fans of, of the previous games as much. Maybe there's there's a different kind of balance of power going on. I after Afterwards, when, when I played like four matches with some friends who have been having fun with the game, over the past two days they've just been saying I've been getting in bad matches. But after one bad match where I was just like, oh my god, I'm actually not having fun playing a Battlefield game because I traditionally really like this franchise, I loaded up BF4 shortly afterwards and I don't know if you guys have played that game since the year of heavy polishing and patching they've been doing. The whole thing just felt way faster and more polished. Like, vehicle physics took a weird turn in BF1, where tiny little rocks on the map can now stop your motorcycle and its tracks. Oh, the and, motorcycles um, are garbage, yeah. Mm. <laughs> the the performance and, and optimization and just like overall game feel of where BF 
four is right now seems on a par higher than BF1, and I feel like I just might have made the mistake of buying a game that I wanted during its launch period, because I didn't do that with any of the other modern Battlefields, except BC2, which is the good one. But with BC3 and 4, I waited a year to buy their stupid, oh, we're a premium package with all the DLC for like $20 that goes on heavy discounts a year after launch. And mm-hmm. I genuinely enjoyed them. And that was after a year of patching and a year of all the, the extra bonus content coming out for cheap. And I really feel like that's the way to do it. Like right now, there's a... There's a Star Wars Death Star trench run map in Battlefront, and that wasn't there at launch. And for whatever faults you can say about Battlefront, you, you, you can now at least say it has a Death Star trench run map. <laughs> also, what's really nice about jumping into them at that stage rather than at launch is that most of the people who are crazily good at the game and will make the experience unfun for you because they're too good will have moved on to the next one. <laughs> Maybe, I gotta I say, think... I, in, in the original Gears of War's final days, that was that was a good time for a guy like me. Mm. The the thing with Battlefield is that you want to be on a good team who who play medic and capture the point. And right now, the three nights of matches I've been getting into it have just been full of people who don't do that. It's just like me and my buddies who who are at the top of the scoreboard together, trying our darndest, and just amounts to nothing. A constant, never-ending, ceaseless meat grinder of, of death and repetition as we as we scrap back towards gaining a, a ground we lost minutes ago. And I feel like that's an apt metaphor for a tragic World War One war story. Just don't know if it's in a tonal whiplash with, with strapping C4 to motorcycles and barreling them over the hills for wacky battlefield shenanigans. Oh, God. They didn't do that in World War One. I uh, if they did, they didn't keep a very good record of it in the history books. Are you, you saying they Battlefield would? One is not historically accurate? I'm, I'm saying I, I'm, that I'm if, it, if it is historically <laughs> accurate, I am ashamed of historians' lack of sense of fun. You'd, so yeah. the first thing I unlocked was a red dot scope for the SMG that you start with as assault class. <laughs> You know, at that point, all other all other expectations for for historical accuracy can nicely take a backseat behind the expectation that you're going to get some campy bullshit. Uh, were you really hoping for historical accuracy from any video game? Not really, so much as I was just hoping that the new setting would uh, try to dig a little harder into that than than what ended up happening. I have a feeling we won't get that from any major players. I think if we want a, a proper World War One game, it's going to be from a you know a totally new IP. It would be its own thing. I, you know, there are there are World War One games if, already if out there. If you're interested, like Verdun tries. There we go. Really yeah, hard. Verdun. Mm. I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember um, if Verdun's the one I played for a for my channel, and then it got blocked in most of Europe because of some German music that was in it. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> it might have been it. They've they've patched that one up really well too. It was super janky when I played it like three months mm-hmm. ago, but now they've they've smoothed out the sense of movement and aiming a lot better. Um, but yeah, also Rainbow Six Siege year two of, of free content is announced. Um, yeah, apparently they put Jim some good Sterling, stuff in you there. You were wrong about this game. <laughs> it's really good. I've been playing it all year, and that's. Uh, like amassed quite a, a good community of people. There's about ten thousand people playing it all the time. Yeah, this this game was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I feel like you need to give it a second shot. Uh, no, the game Rainbow the Six game? Siege. Rainbow Six Siege. Right. It was alright. Okay. I, I think I, George I, might I, think I, it's better than alright. I get the impression. I, hang on. I want to. I want to relook what I said about it. 
at, at the time these, these it, games mean nothing to me i i forget about them the moment i'm done reviewing them and throw them in the street rainbow it, six siege jim sterling right it, it reviewed really poorly on launch because of a bunch of bullshit about that didn't have a single player campaign which people seemed to care a whole lot about a year ago um also there's there's uh discomfort over the the map count but the way the game plays there's a much uh greater variety of gameplay and playstyles to be had across one map compared to other games of of similar genres because you can blow the map up like creating new peepholes that that create new sightlines into other sides of the map like fundamentally change how the rest of the whole match plays out it's a yeah. really, really elegant system where you see a direct consequence for so many tiny little actions that all the players are doing. And now they've, just like with Battlefield, patched it up and, and optimized it over the past year, released a bunch of new maps and characters for free. They're going to do it again for another year. All right, okay. And, but, uh, but I wasn't wrong about it because I reviewed what oh, I had at the time. Hmm. I, Which I, I had, I, what I had at the time was an early triple access game. <laughs> triple access, is that is that a new term? That's that's a term I invented a while ago, and I'm very proud of it. Early triple access. Um, it it's, it's it looks better when it's written down because it's hard it's hard to say it, and people realize I've put three triple A things in the. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is, is I was right about it at the time. They may have like made huge updates to it now, but I, I said in my review, I said, look, this may be brilliant sometime down the road, but I can't recommend it right now. Well, if you want to give it another shot later down the road, Dad Squad Delta will will always have an opening spot for you. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, I, I said it was a great skeleton of a game. It just needed the meat, and clearly they've spent the year putting that meat on. But I can't, I can't review future prospects. Um, I don't review promises. Uh, that's what previews are for. Is this a good time not reviewing promises to talk about No Man's Sky a bit? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm, we... I'm going to be vague on this because I I don't know if I'm going to waste everyone's time doing yet another No Man's Sky video. But okay, yeah, well, yeah. Let's dig in a little the, bit. We had two bits of news about No Man's Sky this week. Uh, yes. We had the news that the Advertising Standards Agency, who were uh, inspecting whether No Man's Sky was guilty of false advertising in terms of some of the things they showed in trailers not being in the game. And I believe there was a quote this week that was basically, nope, we've decided that it's totally fine what they did. Uh, yeah. George, I, I want to address this. Yeah. Um, I think... Sorry to cut in, but I do want to just, because there's been people on, you know, you've got one side of people who want, like, Hello Games is blood, and you've got this other side who have, like, will just circle the wagons around Hello Games, be very protective of them. Um to, to ludicrous degrees on both ends. And the misconceptions around this Advertising Standards Authority ruling, are they really need addressing. Mm. First of all, for one side of, of these people, uh, the ASA saying that, that you know, refusing the request, basically, yeah. does not mean Sean Murray was 100% truly honest, scout's honour, Hello Games did nothing wrong. Yeah. Because... Because the complaint was specifically about screenshots and videos and blurb on Steam. Yeah. Indeed. And it was about one specific aspect. The complaint was about 
animals in the trailer being shown to move large trees, which they do not in the game. And that's what it we was, got a statement was... about. We, the statement being, although animals in the trailer were shown moving large trees, which was not observed in the footage or during gameplay, we considered that this was a fleeting and incidental scene, unlikely in and of itself to influence materially a consumer's decision. Therefore, which is fair enough. Um, the thing is, is that, is that the, the standards that have been historically set, you know, historically over the past 10 years, for the ASA to actually do all they can do, which is just force developers to put a uh, disclaimer on footage in the UK, is um, for the line is drawn at egregiously pre-rendered footage. Mm. And with a lot of these No Man's Sky video materials, that's not exactly what people have been no. seeing. Like, it's not the, the World of Warcraft... Uh, Blizzard cinematic where the camera is swooping across characters who don't even appear in the game in ways that doesn't happen in the game yeah. with, with the level of, of assets that don't appear in the game either. Yeah, technically what Halo Games have shown on that Steam page, it's it's stuff that can be found in the game. Um, and that's that's the issue here. The kind ASA of. made the right call. It's they made the right that ruling is here. relatively representative, well, of, the, relatively however, representative yeah. of the product. I, for one, would like it if that bar got set much lower. Oh, yes. If you could set that bar at, hey, you showed, like, battles against ships, which are not a feature. Animals moving trees, which is not a feature. Yep. But you... I've got to say, like, like for the other side of this as well, like, the ASA did not, like, because people have been saying, oh, they were bribed, or, oh, they're incompetent. And it, No, no, no. They, no. they made the right call here. Based on the complaint and based on the content used in that complaint... They made the only call they could, and that does not exonerate uh, Hello Games for the months of shady things they said in interviews and things. You know, Sean Murray specifically. Um, it's this ruling is neither a full pardon for Hello, nor is it you know uh, a fumbling on the ASA's part. It doesn't really change anything. The uh, issue here is that. The, the, the standards for the super fans who, who watch reveals and consume game media as it comes out and gets hyped for stuff that disappoints them is much, much lower than that of, of the legal system, basically. Mm, like, yes. in order to count as false advertising, you have to get a genuinely different product than what was being advertised. You like, have so to different. Like, Colonial Marines. Like, that, 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 no, the they, actually... they, they got away with it too and, yeah. and well, won they got a, a lawsuit. They... They got away with certain aspects of it, but the ASA actually did tag them and say, "No, this is false advertising." Which didn't, if I'm recalling correctly, too much. Just, well, the ASA can't do much. Yeah, mm. um, but but just to show that the ASA don't just let everything go willy nilly, they uh they've been surprisingly diligent on a number of cases in the past. Uh, it's just this case was not strong, uh, and there's not a lot the ASA can do about what Sean Murray tells, you know, IGN yeah. in a puff piece. So, on top of that, we did have the other bit of No Man's Sky's news, which was that uh, they they put out an update, the, uh, the, the base building update, or whatever they're calling it, and... Uh, they put it out. Foundation. Of the foundation. That's the one because it's the foundation of all their future updates. That uh, was a shitty. That was a shitty uh, that was word it. to use for a game that's been out for so long. It, it's the, it has yeah. anti-aliasing now. It in some areas on PC performs worse. Yeah. It has motion blur now. <laughs> um, oh, so thank fuck. We we got a we got a quote from Sean Murray 
as this went out, which... Yeah, first one in, in months. In theory, I... Uh, I don't know. I have conflicting feelings about it. So he tweeted, We didn't want to say anything until this update was ready. We learnt that lesson. He's trying to get some of that Peter Molyneux well, crap. He's basically trying to say, we're not Peter Molyneux, we didn't make promises until we're done. The difference is, you did make promises before your product was done, you then went silent on what you were going to do to fix that situation. That's not quite the thing that they're trying to portray yeah. it as, which is, no, look, we didn't tell you anything. That's a good thing, because we didn't made... actively lie to you in that time. They made a rod for their own back, because they did, you know, he, he was Sean Mourinho for months leading yep. up to the game's release. Uh, all this hype, all this talk, all this grandeur, it comes out, it disappoints, it's not got a, a stuff that he said was going to be in it. Um, people can keep saying, oh, Sean Murray did nothing wrong, but no. Uh, go rewatch my video about No Man's Sky um, that's just called something like a video discussing whether or not Hello Games lied or whatever it was, was that I called it. Um, and I've got a fucking compilation in there of shit he said that is not true. He said that he chatted shit. I won't say he actively maliciously lied. I won't go that far. But he talked he, he did what Molyneux does. He talks about features that he would ideally like to have in the game as if they are already concrete and definitely going to be yeah, in the game. He talks about in an interview. Yeah. He says it in a way like he doesn't want to let anyone down or disappoint anyone at the time. So mm. he'll just say anything. Yes, he, he doesn't make a clear distinction when advertising that game between what is ideal features at some point and what the launch what, day what proje realistic. project is realistically going to be yeah. and like the thing but, is like it, there is there is something to be said for not talking about your product until you release it the time for that is before the initial release once the product yes, is out there yes. and people have paid money for it that is the time to be transparent about what you're doing with development and to say hey this is what we're going to do to fix the complaints people have. That's not yeah, the time to be no, silent. They get no pats on their head for maintaining radio silence this long after launch while people had so many questions. Like, that's that's not the way to do it. But where I say they made a rod for their own back is someone made the point to me, and I, uh, I, I find it hard to refute, that if they'd also have just spent the last few months promising an update's coming, people would have still got pissed. That's not to say this is not their fault because they shouldn't have fucked this up to begin with no but they fucked no. themselves up to the point where they were painted into a corner it's like we can promise shit for months or we can stay really quiet neither of those are winning options and i guess there's the middle road of well let's say a few things here and there but that might just look like you know table scraps or whatever so i don't think there was a winning move for them other than to have no. not there oh, may the there one. may not have been a winning move, but I'm still going to criticise the move they made. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, the, I'm going to. I would have criticised. Basically, my point is is that they deserve criticism no matter what move they make at this point, uh, because no, they got themselves into the position where no call was the right one to make. Uh, so, it's not uh, like they had that thrust on them. They uh, rejiggered some of the interface. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I'll say this: like the list of things in that update, it's an impressive list. I you can uh, summon freighters to uh, store your your minerals, which now have specific elemental symbols on the map. So, so you're not just going to the the yellow bar looking thing. You're mm. specifically going stuff towards like the zinc so waypoint on your map. Stuff like that is exactly the kind of thing that justifies the 
the talk people are saying, of, oh, it should have been in at launch. Yeah. Because that's not just missing content. That's like, I don't know how that made it possible. That's usab- usability features and yeah. stuff like that. Now, what I will say, this is all stuff that, had it been there at launch, I would have played this game far longer than I did. As it is, yeah. it's not enough for me to want to come back. Yeah. I've been burned once that... and I don't want to jump. I don't want now to be the time that I try and get invested in it again. I've soured on that universe so much that, you know, unless I'm Re- getting a blowjibber off Murray himself, I ain't going back in. Re- regardless of, of the hype and the advertising and, and the lies, people are still coming to grips with the fact that I, I don't... I mean, of course it's subjective, right? But I haven't heard a lot of people agree that No Man's Sky is actually a good game. So, like... I've talked about this a few times. I really like the 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 core gameplay loop in that game. It scratched all of the itches that I have as someone with obsessive tendencies in terms of doing repetitive loops in order to make progress. The problem I had was when I got into a position where I couldn't complete an objective and suddenly was trapped in a loop where like I was running around ad nauseum trying to complete an objective that I was maybe eight or ten hours away from like if I want to go back and start a new file and do this I'm gonna have to play 10 to 12 hours of repetitive grinding again to get back to this point there was that story that I've told a few times about I found a ship I wanted to repair so I was like okay I'm gonna like there was a waypoint where this crashed ship is I'm gonna fly Mm -hmm. up to space spend my resources on some materials come back down and repair it and the waypoint was gone, and I never found that ship again. It's things like that that just made me not... Uh, that I wanted to be having fun with that game, and it was just like, nope, nope, don't have the fun. So... Uh, yeah, I, that game bored the shit out of me. I wanted yeah, to like that game. I enjoyed the time I put into it. I doubt I'm going back to it for some time. But now you can build a base. Well, oh, yeah. So this seems like yeah. a very odd choice because so much of that game, the core, the core loop is about gathering resources to leave planets behind forever, and then it seems weird that that one of the things that players and Murray were both hyping up so much is the prospect of base building and and establishing some sort of home across all these planets. When the impression I was getting, like like the hidden agenda I interpreted from No Man's Sky is that it was a game about becoming Rick from Rick and Morty, where where the entirety of the universe just becomes like this boring repetitive nothing place and and all the vast wonders of the galaxy turn into cynical shit. The problem with that, that is and this might be why they added bases is it's established in rick and morty it took rick a long time to become that jaded (laughs) whereas in no man's sky it's within the first five minutes you're already in a state of i'm over this shit uh that might be why uh, they decided to give people a little house to live in did you look up what happens when you get to the center of the galaxy Mm -hmm. i can I spoil Rare it? It's a video game. Um, I'd rather keep it off the podcast. Okay. Um, but I think it's hilarious, say, though, coming uh, from like, I, the turning into Rick angle. It, it I is, could not stop laughing. Just say, it is hilarious, and if you don't know what it is and don't mind spoilers, go look it up because it's amazing. It is, like, after everything, the greatest goof a game's built. It is the best grift. And I, it's the one good thing. It's the one entertaining thing about No Man's Sky for me. Is is just the genius that is that ending? Oh, it's 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 something. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, 
Uh, I know uh, I've, I've got a ton of work to do, and I know, Laura, you've got things, uh, places you need to be. Uh, so are we looking to wrap up? Yeah, it's probably a good time to wrap up for us. I apologize that we're sort of very suddenly stopping it today, but it's been a bit of a week getting this episode to happen. So you, you got your hours worth. It's been a good fun time with our silly, wonderful friends. Hey, this was friends. a great podcast. It, it's been a good, powerful hour of like, bam, 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 let's do a funny. Let's end it before we like fuck it up and get boring. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of framing it. So... Yeah, I will. I will. I'll. I'll get us started on the, the way out of here. I'll. I'll kickstart the car while a licensed song plays. Uh, George, thank you for joining us. It's it's oh, a no, pleasure as you. always to have you on. Uh, if you could tell the lovely listeners uh, where they could find more of you, uh, it's YouTube.com/slash Bunnyhop Show. Uh, you know, one weird week thing I, that I do every week. I, I haven't really talked about it on the channel much so much as I talked about it on wi- Twitter is uh, weekly streams on twitchtv.com slash superbunnyhop, where I play Rainbow Six Siege and have fun. A lot of people think I don't have fun, but I will (laughs) prove them wrong. Good man, good man. And Laura, how can people find your stuffs? Me and my stuff, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. That's Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Patreon, which is what pays the bills, YouTube, and wherever the fuck else you want to go. Other than that, letsplayvideogames.com is where I do all of my video gamey writing shit. Like, what, what I do... What fucking video game shit did I do this week? Reviewing Final Fantasy XV, seeing how many Pokemon games I could play at once while taking a walk. Here's a hint, it's more than five. Uh, or, uh, I imagined what video game dongs might look like and did some art of them with someone. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. G- go have a look at that and find out what Waluigi's penis looks like. So, I, I just like very quickly want to interject with the very quick aside. Have you guys seen the dicks in Watch Dogs 2? Uh, yes. Yes. They're awful. They're the worst video game dicks I've ever seen. Yeah, they, they are... make me feel pretty good, though. They're more like tumors that that are in the place of the guy's crotch instead of an actual like cylindrical protrusion. I think Hitman Two from two thousand two snuck in a like more well rendered video game dick <laughs> than than Watch Dogs Two in twenty sixteen. What well, kind of I mean, a world what, are we bringing our children into? Where the dicks and video Mighty games... Muffin Pound, Pound, Pounder Rangers? Is that, is that it, Laura? It yeah, Mighty, Mighty Muffin Pounder Rangers. Blow, 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 Pounder Rangers. Once you've seen that, every other penis is going to pile in comparison, basically. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a sad it's a very thing. very sad situation. I, the Pounder Rangers have ruined penises for all of us. <laughs> Especially that beautiful-looking dick that was in the big white test tube. Oh, wait, that was David Cage. Oh, yeah, Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Jim, where are you? (laughs) Um, Y'all know whereabouts I am. Uh, Do check out Fist Shark Marketing at fistshark.com if you're interested in some improv comedy that I do with Conrad. Uh, Also, keep an eye on the website on Monday, on thegymquisition.com on Monday. We've got two really big reviews dropping. Uh, as well as, you know, whatever the Jimquisition is going to be about, I haven't yet decided. I've got several tantalizing options. So it's going to be a big content day on Monday, so keep an eye out for that. And until then, I do believe we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.